Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, you'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Cage Vision Podcast with Carrie Roman. Lisa Beck. And Lisa, tell everybody what we're talking about this week. This week, we are talking about doctors versus architects. Yeah, we are. We are. Last That's what we're talking we ta- about. Last week, Last week, we talked about animals. We talked about animals last week. And now, we're talking about doctors and architects. And we're not trying to associate doctors or architects with rats or monkeys. No, that is definitively not what we're trying to do. So last week was totally separate from this week. There will be no correlating between doctors, architects, rats, and monkeys. So let's talk about this. Way back when, when the girls were little, I have three daughters, Olivia, Hillary, and Kate. And I used to tell them what I did is I'm sort of like a doctor for business. Because you fix things, right? And they could relate to that. And they're like, oh, okay. That was the business that we were in. We'd go in and fix problems. And you can do well fixing problems. Yes, yes, you can. You can. Mm -hmm. But at some point, we said, you know what? I don't want to fix problems anymore. Here's the big thing. I don't want to fix problems that resulted from a poor past decision. That you had no control over. That I had no control over. And why is that? Because there's less value associated fixing problems the result of a past decision. I love that statement because I think it's so true. When they want a problem fixed or there is a problem to be fixed, it's like, oh my gosh, we have to fix it. As soon as it is fixed, they totally just push it aside. So that statement, less value is associated with solving problems from past decisions. To me, that's like one of those things that just needs to be highlighted and written on a whiteboard somewhere. It's a reactive sort of thing. Most people say sell the Advil, not the health plan that's going to make someone live until they're 90. Because people don't want to follow a plan that's going to help them live to 90, even if it's proven. Give them all the facts. Give them everything. If I have pain right now. Fix it. And I just took Advil, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, you did. So I'm preaching out of both sides of my life. Yeah, anyway, the point is that people wait until the pain is great. And then they're willing to pay for that at the moment. But as a business owner where you're thinking about, I want to be thought of in a different light. And I want to enjoy being part of something that's in the future, not something that was in the past. So there's two sets of the value equation. How much value do I place on that? And how much value do they place on it? So at some point we said, you know what? We're not going to be doctors anymore. I have to come up with a new one for the girls because they still refer to me as that. Now we are architects. Yes. Because we are creating and building things. We build business. We build business. So we we are architects now. We've moved from being doctors to architects because we're being proactive instead of reactive. And I think that that's a big differential. It is such a big shift. And when you make the mindset 
When you say things in the back of your head, it's only a matter of time before it starts to come true, right? Yes. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And that was the beginning of a journey that we're not doing it anymore. And it's great. It is so great to not be dealing with that because it doesn't matter how much you do. If a problem's related to a past poor decision, even if you fix it perfectly, no one's jumping up and saying, oh, by the way, give me a raise because my past poor problem got fixed. My bad decision got fixed. No one does that. They want to sweep it under the rug and move on to the next one. That's quite a shift and takes a little bit of courage. Wow, you segued into that really well. Only because you led me. You pre-coached me. Exceptionally well. Yeah. Maybe we did talk about it before we started. (laughs) But I think there are several things that when you're moving from being reactive to proactive, and like you said, I think courage is one of them. We have an example of that, which we don't really think a lot about. But when we first started doing the podcast, people said to me and to you, wow, that took a lot of courage. And you and I would look at each other and go, no, not really. It just took a microphone. You would have thought by some of the comments that I said, I am moving to China (laughs) and uprooting the family. And no, it's just starting a podcast, (laughs) right? We plow ahead. Yes, we did. And a lot of the reasons that people hire us is because they want that push. They want someone to help push and help plow that path. And so it's natural for us, but people look and say, wow, how did you do that? I heard somebody say the other day, a C student, which I was a little bit better than a C, but not too much. A C student, they just plow ahead because they're too dumb to realize that they don't think through it. (laughs) An A student overanalyzes it and is like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So we work with a lot of A students. (laughs) They're super smart. And what they do, they're brilliant, right? But they do need somebody to help them drive and build and forecast and push and build something that maybe they haven't seen yet. I think something else that goes along with that is emotional intelligence. I think that you have to sense the future potential. So you can't have those blinders on Mm. to being reactive every day and fixing those problems, but you have to sense that there is something in the future, that there's more potential. And that's another way to lead you to being proactive instead of reactive. Yes. And I think one of the biggest challenges there is not the vision. And we've talked about this in the past. What's the vision? And you literally, as a leader, have to go there and then come back to where you are now. And then somehow, in a very clear and concise way, tell your team, here's where we're going and here's why. That's the hard part. And that leads into you have courage and emotional intelligence because you see this potential and then you have to be strategic to see the vision long term. But you're right. I think that one of the things that we see is business owners that feel isolated because they are trying to be proactive and move forward and be forward thinkers, but they've got a team that's being reactive. And Mm. how do you guide them to being sort of bigger picture? Well, we talk about this in some of our workshops. This is a challenge that happens a lot, right? You get into the psychology of working with a team and explaining, this is where I want to go, yet you've hired a team to do a day job. And it gets down to the fundamental, the most basic survival skills, right? So am I going to survive by doing my day job or am I going to survive by taking on something new 
I don't quite know if it's going to work out, right? That's a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bridge too far for a lot of your team. Yes, it is. So the challenge becomes, how do I get them on board in this new journey? I'm changing from this to that. How do I get them on board so where they can not only see it, but they see how it's a part of the future that they are participating in? Which leads me to the next step, which I think is important, which is being execution oriented. So everyone around here understands one of my favorite sayings, which is ideas are appreciated and execution is worshipped. And I think that once you've laid out a strategic vision for your team, demonstrating to them how to execute that so that it goes from just being an idea, a pie in the sky sort of thing to an actual roadmap, for lack of a better term, where execution occurs. And then I think you get more buy-in for that when you take those steps and show them how to execute on the vision. Yeah, that's good. That wasn't a side jab necessarily. You're throwing that down because I would never, ever have said that someone- No, you would give it directly. You're right. So it wasn't really (laughs) a side job. What she's referring to is that I generate a lot of ideas. A lot. Not all of which are good. They're welcome. They're all welcome. (laughs) I welcome all of your ideas. But there's got to be a filtering process to get to, okay, what are we going to execute on? That's where the rubber meets the road. That's what we're talking about. And then execute. I think that business owners who have the strategic vision or have a gazillion ideas, their team isn't going to go with them unless there is some execution that goes along. They're going to continue just to do their day job and be like, oh my gosh, he's got another crazy idea or, oh, he wants to do that. I got to just finish doing what I'm doing over here. So I think that showing them how execution is going to occur, laying out a guide, a roadmap for them so that they can come along on the journey is important. Yeah. I think a crutch for a lot of business owners, and I don't want to offend anybody that runs an executive forum, But I think a lot of business owners run to these executive forums to get empathy from all the other business owners. If you spent that much time working on communicating to your team where you're going and how they're going to get involved, maybe you get better outcomes. It's sort of like if you went to marriage counseling, if anybody's ever been, it's easy to talk about the things that you need to do. Now go home and do it, right? Not so easy. So it's easy to go to that executive forum and talk about the pain points in your business, the pain points with your employees. Does that help your business grow? No, you got to go back and do it. Which takes commitment, which is our fifth point. It takes time to execute. Consistency. Consistency. And commitment. Yes. Yes. So here's the balance. When you decide, you know what, we're going here. And you have employees that say, okay, I trust you. I believe in you. By the way, I have a day job. How is this going to work out for me? The thing that you need to communicate is that just because we're going here doesn't mean it'll always work out perfectly. We may have to pivot. Yes. And we have some examples of people that have pivoted. You already have examples in mind? Of course I have examples in mind. I'm impressed. So one of the examples, which I like this example, is... YouTube, because YouTube started out as the solution for online dating. They were going to do video dating and video people dating. could post I how many people videos. Know I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know that. You think YouTube as it is now, that's the YouTube. It was always meant to be. Nope. Nope. 
It was supposed to allow people to post like what two or three minute videos or something about themselves yeah. and their world so that they could get dates. Yeah. It was the next step in online dating. Yeah. It didn't work out that way. You know one reason why I think it didn't work out? Oh, I can't wait for this. Because all these other dating sites are like, you could create a photo that doesn't even really look like you. <laughs> it's all photoshopped up, right? And you can make up a bunch of stuff. <laughs> And nobody can really see the real you until they're there with you. And that You're right. I'm on. confident right. that that is what happened <laughs> anyway, to YouTube. That's not what happened because well YouTube done. saw demand a little bit differently. And they said, you know what? Rather than fix the old dating problem that we started on, what if we architected something completely different? And they did. And now they are the second largest search engine after Google. That's cool. It's really cool. They went to say, rather than confine, you have to make videos like this. They flipped the script. How scary was that for all the people that came on board to be part of YouTube as they knew it? To be part of said, a video dating site. Yeah, and they said, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to just open up a platform and let people post whatever. I'm sure there were people thinking, how's that going to work out? People are just going to post whatever? Who's going to watch a cat video? <laughs> As it turns out, a lot of people. A lot of people. But some people created entire businesses around YouTube. Yes. Right? Yes. Give me another example since you are the example queen today. Today, I am. Yelp. That's my other example. It's a good one. I like that one. Go uh, ahead with I it. I like that one. So, Yelp really originated to just show you where restaurants were located. Like if you were in Philadelphia, it would show you a list of restaurants in Philadelphia. But what they quickly began to realize is something that they didn't think was a big deal, like the review section of it, became a very big deal. So they shifted. And so that's how they became a review site. Yeah. Because when you would go, you would interact with the feedback, the review side of it. So they thought the problem was, I don't know where the restaurant is. When the real problem was, do I want to go? Do I want to go to it, right? <laughs> right. The problem is not, I don't know how to get there. The problem is, where do I want to go? And I can look at these reviews and get me there. So they architected something. They built something different. So they were being doctors at the beginning and try, thinking that they were fixing a problem. And then what they realized was, no, we really need to build a solution to something else entirely. Yes. Oh, this is so good, Lisa Beck. It is pretty good. And, and it's fun. We have a lot of fun. And you know what? We love building business. Because it is so much fun. It's we so much love, fun. love, 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 love. Not fixing problems. No more no. doctors. No more no. doctors. Plenty of doctors out there. But we love building business. And we have two ways to help you out. Number one is you can go to our website and you can click on a button that is conveniently named Do It Yourself. That would apply to you if you want to do it yourself. And we have resources there that you can yep. access and Complete download. guide. Here's how you do it. Or you may say, I want to go faster and I think I need a little help. And that would be under another conveniently named button, which is that one, Lisa. What are we going to call that one? Work with us. Work with us. Yeah. You can tell the C student is coming out strong here. with, <laughs> Right? No fancy names. Do it yourself. Work with us. If you want to go fast, work with us. If you want to do it yourself, we got the guide for you. I hope that this episode was as fun for you to listen to. As it was fun for us to do. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Caged Vision Podcast. And don't forget to come back next week 
to hear more ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who just like you are subject matter experts and want more from their business.